Welcome back to Triple Alpha Sports Talk. I'm Josh. This is Bryce, and that's Roy. Hope everybody had a happy new year. Got some nice college football games out of the way. Down First the- podcast of 2024. Yep. Oh my god. Here we go. Might as well start, baby. Terrible way to start the podcast. Well, guess what? We're not talking about till later till later. We're gonna kick it off with week 17 of the NFL season. Thursday night football. Jets go to Cleveland and lose 20 to 37. Bryce takeaways from Thursday night. Yeah, uh, Joe Flacco still playing at a pretty high level. Uh, I thought maybe he would have toned down by now. Like, we've seen some of these other backup quarterbacks come in, start off hot, like the Josh Dobbs, the Nick Mullins. Like, they play good for a game, and they come back to earth. He doesn't seem to be doing that. He's still playing pretty good, veteran quarterback back there. Um, I think the Browns might have found their next big uh, backfield running like running back, back with uh, Jerome Ford. He looks amazing. Like, Imagine him and Chubb next year. It's going to be an unbelievable threat. Uh, he looks great. I think David Njoku is the most underrated tight end in the entire NFL. I mean, the guy's athletic. He's fast. He's strong. He's got amazing hands. He's, he can run the ball without getting – like he – it takes two defenders to bring him down almost every time, it seems like. And I don't know if you guys saw the Houston Astros called a stray joke. <laughs> yes, they did. They deserved it too. Yep. I, I thought Josh would be happy about that. Yes. About the banging on the trash cans at the game. Absolutely. Uh, and then the last thing I had was the Moore injury. Did you guys yeah. see it? The head I, injury. That was horrible. Uh, you hate to see something like that happen. Uh, the movements that he was doing afterwards, you could see it was a brain injury. So we're just praying for him to be okay and uh, hopefully like be able to play football again, you know? Yeah. Roy, what are your takeaways from Thursday? Man, uh, my takeaways is just Cleveland keeps winning. I mean, that's that's a, that's a scary team. You know, they don't play great, but they find a ways to win. I mean, you're you're eleven and five with a lot of with a team with a lot of injuries, and Joe Flacco. I mean, he's got experience, so Joe Flacco's playing playing like a veteran. He's not trying to do, overdo anything that's, that he needs to be done. He just knows he needs to come in there and just make some plays, and that's what they're doing. And um, I just it's it's amazes me how this team just keeps winning and finding ways. Now let's give them some crap. I mean, they're playing the Jets, who is absolutely terrible, um, and they played the Bears, who was absolutely terrible. I mean, they're playing teams that were bad. So this guy I mean, just talks shit about the Bears more so, than anybody ever. You know, Cleveland could just keep winning against these bad teams, these horrible franchises, and then then when they get in the playoffs, then things might change. But hey, good for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, you know Joe Flacco, he's rolling right now. I mean, he's throwing him and Njoku have a good connection, and you know I don't think that. Um, their starter, Deshaun Watson, had that connection with them. You know, you didn't hear a lot about David Njoku the first half. The rapist. But definitely um, have a connection there. And the Browns' defense is legit coming here late. You know, defense is what wins you football games. And that offense, you know, they can be hit or miss at times, even with Joe Flacco. But that defense keeps them in every ball game. You have Miles Garrett, who's probably the best defensive player in football at this point. Um, but I'll tell you what, this wouldn't be a team I'd want to run into the playoffs because they got nothing to lose. You know, this is yeah. – Joe Flacco, you know, you know, they don't have their starting quarterback. They don't have their starting running back. They don't have half their defense. They have nothing to lose. If they go out and lose first round, who cares? That's probably what they were supposed to do. So they're going to play with no forgiveness, and they're not going to give a care what happens. And those are scary teams to play late in the season. Yeah. Uh, I think that will take us on to Saturday, what was really a Monday night football special, when the Lions went to Dallas, a little controversy there at the end. Roy, I'll let you talk about what you want to talk about in this game because well, obviously you gotta talk about how the Lions got screwed out of that win against the Cowboys. I mean, 
Um, good, great game. I thought both teams uh, played very well. Um, I was very, I mean, CD Lamb is hard to guard. I mean, I don't think anybody in the NFL right now can get him on Dallas, but Dallas doesn't look be doesn't look like they, uh, they're unbeatable. So I think that Detroit went into Dallas, played their best game they could, should have came out of there with a win. Um, just, I mean, it's a no, I'm not even going to say bad refing. It's NFL refs are just piss poor all year. So, um, but no, hey, the Lions proved that they can they can match up. I was re- I really thought Lions would kind of not kind of fold when they got down, and I just didn't think it'd have it. But hey, they stayed in it, and I it's, I'm surprised, and I, they surprised that they did, and I'm surprised I'm not surprised that the they should, they should not be surprised to be looking forward in the uh, playoffs because that's I'm not, both teams are good. And I would, I'd say, I wouldn't want to play either one of them right now. Yeah, to me, I felt like the Lions and uh, the Lions and the Cowboys. I felt like the Cowboys played a much better game and then just couldn't finish things off. I didn't think the Lions played all that great, but since the Cowboys were playing bad, they stayed in the game. Yeah, you know, they had the Ceedee Lamb fumble through the end zone, which I think is the most bogus rule in all of football because if it would have went out one yard shorter, they would have been on the one yard line. But instead, it's a touchback to the other team. If that doesn't go out of bounds, they're probably at 14 to three a half. And we know the Lions aren't a good come from behind team. So they came into the half seven to three instead of 14 to three, and they can still run the ball like they want to. And then the other thing that I thought was the controversy at the end obviously, that was that shouldn't happen. But for Jared Goff, of all people, to be blaming a call is. Unbelievable, because I don't know if you guys recall the Saints game from a few years ago mm-hmm. where someone got his clock clean and they didn't call P.I. I don't want to hear that guy complain about a call ever. It sent him to a Super Bowl. So that's one thing about the controversy. But then again, I like going for the wins in situations like that. But after you get that controversy, kick the field goal and go into overtime. Yeah, they, should kick, they should kick the field goal or kick the extra point. Doing that. It yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Just yeah. send the game to overtime and time to win. Yeah, I don't want to hear anything about this controversy call because guess what? He didn't report his eligible. He did report his eligible. Everybody knows it. He did go over there to report. You know, that's why he walked over there. But the, they didn't announce it. Cowboys did not cover him because of that. That's why he was wide open, okay? Every other player on the entire field is covered if you take a look at the screenshot. I don't care about that either. The, the play before or the drive before, Cowboys – Peyton Hendershot gets called for a tripping call on Aiden Hutchinson. Doesn't even stick his foot out. Doesn't Aiden Hutchinson does not trip. Why the play was called a tripping call is beyond me. Adam Sheffler showed it on ESPN special. Shouldn't even have been a call. Lions have never got the ball back. Doesn't matter. Last play never ends. So I don't really want to hear anything about it because shouldn't even have been there in the first place. Yeah, Cowboys didn't play great. Um, but one thing I was worried about as a Cowboys fan was the run game of the Lions. They didn't really run the ball that well. I mean, you know, they had a few good runs, but they didn't run the ball all over Dallas like Buffalo did or like the Niners did. Um, another thing, like you said, Roy, CeeDee Lamb is just on another planet right now. Yeah. I mean, definitely top five wide receiver in the league right now. I mean, this season he's only behind Tyree Kill in yards, and he just broke the single season receptions and yardage for the Cowboys. And the Cowboys have had some real all-time great receivers, so – that should tell you how special the season was. I mean, I would say CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown are both in the yeah. top five categories. Say Brown's right up there with them. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. I, but and at, at the time of this game was before another game. To me, this game didn't have a whole lot of 
scenario difference. You know, the Cowboys probably weren't going to win the NFC East, and the Lions would have had a hard time jumping over the Eagles or the um, Niners. So they would have been locked into a three seed. But based on what happens later in the week, this game had a lot of meaning. And I agree with you. After the controversy call, there's no way that you should be going for two. Yeah. And yeah. I even understood it a little bit more when they when Micah Parsons jumped off sides on the second attempt at it. And they moved up to like the three and a half, I think it was. Yeah. They it. But from the two to the seven, from the seven yard line to go for it, I mean, that's that's just risky at that point. Yeah. I don't care if it has anything. But yeah. I get it. You know, you're down one. I get the idea, but still, that's a little weird. Into that game. All right, that'll take us into Roy's game of the week, where the New England Patriots went to Buffalo and lost twenty-one to twenty-seven. Roy, your game of the week. What'd you get from it? Well, I just—I mean, Josh Allen did not play very well. I just thought Josh Allen wasn't around. You know, for a Patriots team that's just absolutely terrible, but they seem to play the Bills tough. They beat them earlier in the year. They just seem to have, for some reason. Want to play the Bills and want to beat them. And uh, the Bills just did not look that good offensively. If it wasn't for uh, their defense, you know, a, pick, a couple picks and the one with a pick six, I mean, that, yeah. that then it's a different ball game. So, that I mean, the uh, Bills had to rely on their defense, who's got a lot of injuries on it. That defense did show up uh, when it needed to. and But I was um, highly disappointed in how that offense – I really thought Buffalo's offense was starting to roll. But Josh Allen, 50% from the um, – from uh, passing passing attempts and um, one interception, fumbled the ball a couple times. He just doesn't – he didn't look good back there. And maybe because the Patriots – I mean, Bill Belichick is a defensive guy, and he knows how to play. And when you see a guy several times like he has over the years, maybe they have his number. But I just was disappointed how Buffalo really played. But, hey, they got the win, uh, kept him in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens this week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember if you guys remember this from last week. But I said that this was going to be a closer game than what you guys said because I think that the Bills are one of the best teams in the league, but they play to the skill level of their opponents. It seems like they don't come out ready for bad teams. They keep them around, and then at the end they try to show up and beat them. When they play against good teams, it seems like they come out and play, and they look like the best team in the league all of a sudden because they're playing the best teams in the league. There's no reason that you should have 20 turnovers in the first half and not blow a team out by 40 when you're as good as the Bills are. And I don't know what it is, if it's coaching, if it's just mentality of the team, but they need to come out ready to play against every team, especially going into the playoffs. And the Patriots, they're going to have to draft a quarterback this year. Um, I think that there's – I don't ever see Mac Jones coming back. I don't know if you guys do or not. No. But – Bailey Zappi is not a starting quarterback in this league. I hate to three, say it for Patriots fans. No. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots' offense is horrible, and they still put up points on the Bills. And they're, I see them – they're going to give up a lot to go for that number one or number number one spot probably to try and take Caleb Williams over maybe the Commanders, who are also going to be pushing for a quarterback. So big offseason coming for the Patriots, in my opinion. I'd yeah, who their coaches? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, like you guys just said, New England is—they just have no quarterback play this entire season. Bailey Zappi and Mac—I I don't understand how Mac Jones isn't the guy right now, but I think they're just kind of tanking at this point. I really do. I don't think they're trying to win a whole lot. Um, I'll tell you what, Buffalo looks good. They look bad. 
Stefan Diggs has not been in this offense in six weeks. I mean, he he has been non-existent. He hasn't scored a touchdown in like five weeks. He they don't utilize him ever since that you know they went on that losing streak for a while where he was phenomenal. Flip the script. I'll tell you what, Stephon Diggs is not a player that you do, you do not want to incorporate into your offense. And I'll tell you what, if I'm Stephon Diggs, I'm looking for a new home next year because you, the Bills probably don't end up winning the Super Bowl anyway. Um, and you're not getting utilized. I think that might be time to uh, jump ship here soon. But the Bills do hang on to win, and it sets up a winner-take-all game in Miami next week for the division. Yeah. And if you would have asked me about a month and a half ago if the Bills would be playing to win the division, I'd say you're crazy. But good for them to turn it on when they did. Um, you know, I know the National Football League can get you know injuries and get hard sometimes, but a win's a win, and they've piled up some good wins here. So. They've played themselves to put themselves into either miss the playoffs if they lose, possibly, or to be a two seed. So very big range of uh, spots for them. But I think that'll take me to my game of the week, and that'll be the Arizona Cardinals going to Philly and shock the world and win 35-31. I'll go first. The Eagles blow it. I mean, they're up big at half. You know, they didn't. They Cardinals had four drives in the second half. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. I mean, it just can't happen. That Eagles defense has slowly became their problem, if you ask me. I know their offense hasn't scored a whole lot of points. They still put up 30, uh, 31 points. I mean, you score 31 points in the National Football League, you probably win the football game, especially if you think you're a contender like that. But uh, the Eagles defense is definitely a problem for me right now. And the Eagles have lost all their um, momentum that they started off, what, 9-0, 9-1? I think they went 11 and or 11. 11. Yeah, I mean, they've lost all of it. You, they don't feel like a team that scares you anymore. You want to play. And they've also mm-hmm. lost all their home field advantage stuff. They, Even though they might not have been a one seed, Eagles have lost all their momentum and their home field advantage. Now they don't even control their own destiny to win a division when they had a three-game lead early in the year. So, um, And my other takeaway from the Cardinals, I mean, I think Kyler Murray, since he's came back from injury, has solidified that he's the guy, you know, kind of talked about the Cardinals being one of the worst teams in football this season. And, um, you know, maybe them taking a shot at Caleb Williams after already paying Kyler Murray that big contract a few years ago. I think he's proved that he's still the guy because he doesn't have that many weapons outside. He lost DeAndre Hopkins. So uh, good for the Cardinals. You know, they don't have that QB controversy anymore. Yeah, I, I just see the Eagles. It's one of the biggest downfalls I've ever seen in a season. They have completely fallen apart. They can't win games, and they're losing to the worst teams in the league now. And I don't know what the issue is. It seems like everybody – they still just seem slow. Like they don't want to play anymore. They have nothing to play for. It's like they went to the Super Bowl last year and felt the – they felt like they needed to come out, win a Super Bowl this year to redeem themselves, and felt that way for the first 12 weeks and then was like, all right, we're going to the Super Bowl and just quit trying to win games. Like – they just got comfortable and just quit showing up for games. And I don't understand why that is. I feel like that's something a coach has to do. I mean, this all started after they beat the Chiefs and the coach screamed at the Chiefs Chiefs fans in the tunnel. It's been going down ever since then. So maybe there's some coaching issues and getting his players ready to go out and play each week. I just – I don't understand why the Eagles are playing so bad right now. I think it's, it's the defense is not playing very well. Um, I, uh, I think they look, they do look tired. Um, and like you said, they had a 21 to six lead at halftime. I mean, that should have been nothing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, the second half also, I mean, the, 
uh, Jalen Hurts didn't do anything. I mean, it's it's a combination, in my opinion, on the offensive side, is the offensive line is not doing their job, but they have been done in the past. And yeah. Jalen Hurts is not doing his job. I think he's looked not looked very well. I mean, I think they're running him more than they should. I, mean, I, they got I agree. Two, they got two good running backs in Swift and Gainwell. Why don't you use them more? I mean, they had 15 carries between the two of them, and then you run Jalen Hurts eight times. I mean, I just I think they're trying to put too much on Jalen Hurts throughout the year, and he's starting to wear down, and that's yeah. been a big problem. But then the, what's and that's hurting the defense because when you're going three and out or you know shorter drives. That defense is on the field all the time, and that's happened a lot here lately for them. And I just and I just feel like uh, that the Eagles are just. I think it's a coaching issue. Um, that mm-hmm. guy is kind of kind of weird, kind of odd. Um, their head coach. Oh, he's you know, different. Yeah, he's he's just not not. I you know when he's just not a typical uh, head coach type uh, guy. But I mean, he's a good coach. He gets them to win. I just think the problem is right now they're overusing Jalen Hurts. And their offensive line needs to pick it up because uh, Kyle Murray in the first half wasn't doing crap, and then in the second mm-hmm. half he woke up. And one, the uh, the Eagles weren't driving the ball anywhere; they weren't doing crap in the second half offensively. And Kyle Murray was just running around; and he was able to do what he wants. But then they also got back to running the ball. James Connor's a hell of a running back, and they gave him the ball finally a lot. Twenty six carries for a hundred twenty eight yards. I mean, that's what you. I mean, in football, if you can run the ball. Your quarterback gets a lot easier. So yep. you can and come back there and throw. And that's the difference between the game was Cardinals could run, the Eagles could not. And they got if the Eagles want to win the Super Bowl or get back to there, they're gonna have to find find a way just to run the ball. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll take us over to Bryce's game of the week where the Bengals go to Burrowhead, Browning Head. Uh it was Arrowhead this week. They lose 17 to 25. Bryce? Yeah, I mean, I, I picked the Chiefs last week. And I'm going to pick them again this week. I think that they're on a downfall. And I know they won this week, but they won against a hurt Bengals team with Browning at quarterback. And I don't think Jamar Chase is 100% healthy, really, or at least looked maybe a little bit slower for me this week. But the Chiefs still, their offense just doesn't look like it's like they have anything going. I mean, Rice had a few big plays, but other than that, they double team Travis Kelsey, and no one else can get open and catch the ball. I think Travis Kelsey had one target the first half and didn't have a catch. I mean, he's the probably a top five tight end of all time, and he has one target in the first half. What what are you doing? Like, get him the ball. I understand he's double teamed, but if he's double teamed, someone else should be open. And then once other people start getting open, get Travis Kelsey the ball. I I don't. Their defense has been keeping them in the games all year long. And if their offense doesn't pick up, I don't see them winning playoff games like this. I understand defense wins games, but if you don't have an offense to score at all, it's going to be hard to win in playoff games, in my opinion. And I don't see them as the Super Bowl contender that they have been in the past few years. So, Yeah, I I just think, you know, their defense is playing really well. They didn't allow a point in the second half. And the Bengals, without Joe Burrow, have still, you know, had a somewhat decent offense with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Joe Mixon back there. It's just Burrow that's gone. And Browning's played well, but so that, that tells me the Chiefs' defense is, you know, they're going to have a few games here or there that they give up some points. But they're, that's a pretty good defense out there. And uh, they're, they already locked up a home playoff game. So, you know, they're going to be in the mix of it. They're going to have to go up against one of those good teams in the AFC, maybe Baltimore. But um, they're going to have to score. And, I, yeah, I agree. They're, that offense is just – to me, it seems like they, they don't turn it on until it's like you – 
do or die. You have to turn it on. And then they kind of speed up the offense a little bit, maybe some no huddle, and they get going a little bit. They get that field goal, they get that touchdown, and they squeak by. But, man, they, I don't know. That, that offensive line still looks bad. I mean, they cannot block at all. And I don't I, – I start, I'm starting to see it, man. I don't, I don't know if the Chiefs have it this year because they used to be able to just, you know, oh, we need a point, let's go get it. I don't know if they can do that anymore right now. They can't just, hey, we need a touchdown, two-minute drive, go score. I mean, I'm never going to count Patrick Mahomes out because he's the best quarterback in the NFL basically. But that offense really has issues, and that's concerning. And on the Bengals' side, you know, they just missed Joe Burrow. I mean, the rest of the offense is healthy for the most part. That defense has struggled, but they're still the Bengals. But, yeah, I mean, they just missed Joe Burrow. It really shows that he was worth all the contract. And Roy's take last couple weeks about maybe Browning was the guy. I think that's pretty much been put to sleep. So, we I don't know about that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. No, I, I, I agree. Jake, Jake Brown is coming back down. He's not uh, not playing the way he's supposed to. I mean, playing. But, uh, I mean, the Bengals don't look as good as they did two, a couple weeks ago either. Um, I, Jamar Chase, I agree. He does not look like Jamar Chase running his routes like he normally does. Um, and, I, you know, uh, they – they probably Joe Mixon doesn't look that good either to me. I think that Chase, I hate to say, it, I think Chase Brown looks better, and I don't think they use him as much as they should. Yeah, but, Chase Brown does uh, look amazing. In my he does look better, and I think they should use him a lot more. But he was uh, our best player, so makes sense. He, I mean, yeah, uh, but you know, Kansas City, it is their line. I mean, their defense is yeah. keeping them in every game they possibly can. You know, the Cincinnati scored most of their points first half from a turnover and some bad, yeah. you know, some drops. Some stupid things that they're that their receivers did. Patrick Mahomes looks looks like Patrick Mahomes. In my, uh, I thought yeah. he was slowing down, but this week I felt like he was throwing the ball way better than he had been, and I thought he been he was doing he was doing way better than what he's been. Um, his uh, the problem is they were trying to push the ball down the field. Is what they were trying to do. They're trying to learn get these kids because they're going to have to do that in the playoffs. Yeah, and I thought Rice looked a lot better than he had. They might as well bench. And just our drop, uh, Marquise Valdez Scantling, because he is absolutely <laughs> shit. Just, just, just drop, just dropping from the roster. He's crap. Um, Justin Watson is. I mean, he made a great one catch, and that was a good catch. But he had two, like two good drops. Um, Travis Kelsey just looks slow. Um, yeah. He's too busy. Whatever he's doing with Taylor Swift, and needs to get this ass away from her and just start actually because he his routes look slow. Even when he catches it. He used to be able to guy that would you couldn't take down. He just goes down now. I mean, he's that's not Travis Kelsey. I mean, I know he's in his early thirties or whatever. But huh? He doesn't look like he cares whenever yeah. he touches the ball anymore. I just feel like he's. I th- I feel like he's got emotion. It's just in the wrong spots. He's wanting I, everybody else to make plays when he used to be the guy to make plays. Yeah, I feel like that com- pr- becomes pretty common though in teams that you know, like the Chiefs. They, they've been in the playoffs so many years in a row. They've always been like that one or two seed. You know, after a while, I mean, you kind of know, okay, we're going to be in the playoffs. Like, I don't really have to go, you but, know, 110%. So, I, I see what you guys are saying, but I also, you know, I after also a while, think, those, I think those he's also, players, you got to think, he's he's the man now. Because he used to have Tyreek Hill, you know, all these other guys that, I mean, remember we, everybody used to uh, uh, rave about the running backs they've had all these yeah. years. You know, he's never had to be the guy. Well, now he has to be the guy. And that's just, yeah. I mean, it's and it's he's getting double team. He's having to look work a little harder. And it's just when you're when you're, the problem is when you got a line as bad as they do, when the and Patrick Holmes has not much time to throw the ball. 
you've got to get in your routes, get in there and get open. And he's not doing that well enough. And that's killing their drives. And they got, he's got to wake up. I I'm still not going to count him out because they still got Patrick Mahomes and he still yeah. can make plays. He made some plays with his feet and that's, that's what he does. And that's, I mean, he's still, he's still an amazing quarterback and I uh, don't count him out yet. Yeah. You know, as much as I hate to say it, I think we're going to see Darnell Mooney as a Kansas City Chief next year. I mean, I mean, they'll they'll buy budget low for wide receivers at this yeah, point. I, so. He's not going to be on the team next year, as much as I love him. He's going to be. No, I mean, they're they're going to have to address the offensive line at some point. I mean, that, that I agree. They 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 got some young priced kids, you know, on the receivers and the running back situation, but they're going to have to. I mean, the defense is good. They're going to have to figure out their budget on the defense because they got some guys like Jones and them who just came back on one-year deals, that's just going to hurt them. So they're, they're going to have to be, they're going to be looking for draft. They may, I think they may be trading guys to get some draft picks because they may have to yeah. try getting some young guys like that. All right. I think that'll take us into Sunday night football where the green Bay Packers went into Minnesota and won 33, 10. I didn't really take a whole lot away from this. The Vikings just have had no quarterback play. I'm, I really am surprised by the difference. Josh Dobbs, Josh Dobbs has had from Arizona to Minnesota. I mean, it felt like a quick leash. Would he play two games maybe and got pulled? But yes. I don't know. I, uh, they just he played like two good games yeah. and then had a third. I mean, their quarterback play has just been pretty much abysmal ever since Kirk Cousins left. Um, I mean, Jordan Love played great. But, again, Minnesota has not been that team this year that's really jumped off a page to me. So I'll take that with a grain of salt. And, um, it, yeah, like the QB, it's just a lost season for Minnesota at that point. Once Cousins went down, you pretty much knew that team wasn't going to go win a Super Bowl. So I th- it was just – I think it's just a combination of a lot, but just kind of a lost season. Yeah, I agree. I They had Nick Mullins starting and then pulled him, I think, halfway through the game yeah. or put him back in after they didn't start him. I mean, they're on like their fifth quarterback of the year. So yeah. it's hard to win a game if you have your fifth string quarterback playing. So. Yeah. I would give it up to Minnesota. I mean, they were in the playoff hunt until here just yeah. last year. I mean, they were right there yeah. with some uh, – yeah, with bad quarterback play. Um, but the Packers, I mean, they, I don't know where Jordan, Jordan Love just comes one game, plays the hell out of it. And then the next game doesn't look very good. I mean, he just, he's a young streaky guy, but, uh, you know, Aaron Jones ran the ball. Well, I just, Packers aren't, I mean, they're, they're, they're a decent team. They're not anything that's going to make any much noise, but Hey, they're not, it's not like they're, they're still like one or two players away from being a, a pretty damn good football team. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that's going to take us into our picks uh, for next week. And before I do that, I'm going to go over our picks from this past week because we're starting to get down to a crunch here and everything matters. So in week 17, Bryce finished in last place at 10 and 6. Roy was one game better than him at 11 and 5, and I was one game better than that at 12 and 4, winning the week. Overall, Roy leads at 64 and 42. Bryce is one game behind him. <laughs> At 63 and 43, and I'm three games behind Roy, two games behind Bryce. So we're all right there. And we'll do this through the playoffs. So, you know, it's not like this is the last week, but this is the last week to really make some ground if we have different opinions. Yeah. Um, and then I guess that'll just jump us right into our picks. We get pulled up. We and... start Saturday. Yep. Start Saturday. Steelers go to the Ravens. Bryce, what do you got? Give me the Ravens. I know they probably don't have a whole lot to play for. They already locked up the number one seed, but I think the Steelers just also don't have anything to play for, and yeah. they aren't very good. So, 
Roy, what do you got? No, Steelers have a chance they could be in the playoffs. The Steelers will play yeah. everything they got. I think it'll be the Steelers because the Ravens already are going to sit players. I don't think J- J- Jamar Jackson will even play. So uh, I'm going to take the Steelers. Yeah. It just depends on who sits and how good the Ravens look. But I I don't care. I don't like the Steelers. Give me the Ravens still, just in case they do play. Uh, Texans go to the Colts, and this one's – this one's got big playoff implications. The winner probably gets in. I think the winner yeah. does get in. And I think the loser has a, a very slim chance to get in. It's well, both, in of them could, both of them could still get in. Yeah. Oh, it's possible, but I think the loser really loses their chance to make sure well, they're in. Jackson will lose. Yeah. Right. Or right, Roy, I'll let you start with this one. What do you got? I am going to go with the Colts as it's home. I'm going to say I, I, I think the Texans will play their butts up, but I'm going to go with the Colts. I'm not. I think that the Texans will go into Indianapolis and they'll get a win out of them. I think that they're just a better team and both playing at 100%, they're going to beat the Colts. I'm also going to take the Colts with you, Roy. I think the Texans, really, their strong suit is Pat is throwing the ball. With That is also the Colts' strength is their coverage. So I'm going to take the Colts at home. That leads us into Sunday where the Jaguars go to Tennessee where – the Jaguars have kind of skid a little bit. If they win this, they win the division. If they lose, I don't think they win the division. I think the winner of the other game gets it. Um, but I'll go first on this one. I still think the Jaguars come into Tennessee like we saw last year, and I think they win that game. Yeah, just like we saw last year, I think the Jaguars will handle the Tennessee pretty yeah. well. Titans are bad, so I'm, uh, I'm going to go with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Vikings go into Detroit, and the Lions I don't think have anything to play for. I think they have – officially locked the number three seed, but the Vikings, like we just said, are really low on quarterback. I am still going to go with the Lions here. Yeah, I agree with Josh. I'm going to go Lions, yeah. Falcons go to New Orleans, and this one has some playoff implications. They both need the Bucks to lose, but the winner of this definitely has a better chance. And I'll go first on this one again. The Falcons have looked piss poor here the last few weeks. Give me the Saints. I agree with Josh. The Falcons just have no quarterback play, and they can't score the ball with, like, four amazing weapons on the offense. So, give me the Saints. Yeah, give me the Saints. I mean, it's bad when you bench the starting quarterback to put Ritter in, who threw, I think, three interceptions. I mean, just, just Saints, just give me the Saints. Yeah. Probably game of the week here. The New, New York Jets go to Foxborough, play New England. Man, this one's going to be a good one. Roy, I'll let you take this fascinating wow. game first. Um, ah, uh, jeez. I'm gonna go with the Jets. I just think Patriots are bad. Actually, you know what? Change that. I'm gonna go Patriots because this will be la- Bill Bill Belichick's last last uh Stick last with your gut, game. Roy. No, I'm gonna go Patriots just because Belichick's gonna be last game. They're gonna win it for him. All right, I'm also taking the Patriots because they've been putting up numbers recently. But Trevor Simeon is the worst quarterback I think I might have ever seen in my life. He's I'm three games. I'm, I'm three. He's a Bears legend. Oh, excuse me. I'm three games back. I gotta take my chances. Uh, give me the Jets. Maybe Brees Hall catches fire. Get, I'm, I'll take the Jets. Buccaneers go to Carolina. Play the Panthers. Give me the Bucks. They're gonna lock up that you know, four seed. I agree with Josh. The Bucks. I mean, was it Bryce Young is hurt, so he won't be playing? I that was the only really hope they had. You know who uh, back is. Oh, oh, the Red, the red Rocket. Rocket. I hate that guy. Uh, 
I will go with Bucks. Okay. I will go with the Bucks. Jeez. I got a picture of me and Andy Dalton like five feet apart. Was just at a punching distance. Browns go to Cincinnati, a little Cleveland or not Cleveland, little Ohio battle, but give me the Browns. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to take the Browns. Their defense is just rolling and Joe Flacco's playing great right now. Yeah. I don't think I think the Browns have the five seed locked, right? No matter what. Yeah, they clinched. Yeah, I don't know if it's a lock at the five, but I know they've clinched the playoffs, yes. So you could uh, be right. I just don't know for sure. Give me ah, give me the Browns. I agree. I yeah. I, I just don't, I don't think the Bengals this, have enough to do it. This week gets hard because you don't know who's sitting and all that. And so Bears go to the Packers. Packers fight for their playoff lives. Bears have officially been eliminated. Packers have something to play for at home. Give me the Packers. I know you might think the Bears don't have anything to play for, but eliminating the Packers is something to play for. And we're not going to lose two games. We're going to go up to Lambeau, kick the shit out of Jordan Love. He's going to throw three interceptions because he's actually going to have a defense that's fully healthy against him this time that has a pass rush with Montez Sweat. And Justin Fields is going to put up four total touchdowns, three passing, one rushing. Mark it down. Bears, W. No. Packers will win. It'll be Jordan Love, the new discount double check guy. It's going to own the Bears. It's just not, it's got the Bears should maybe sit there on the sidelines, take notes of on what a real organization can do to win. And uh, maybe that'll maybe they'll actually turn around. Justin Fields, three interceptions or two interceptions and a fumble. Write that down. Yeah. Cowboys go to Washington. Cowboys still got something to play for. They win, they lock up the two seed. Give me the boys. Yeah, uh, Cowboys are trying to lock in that spot to play against Seattle after the Bears beat the Packers, so give me the boys. Well, let's see. Um, are the Cowboys blind? Because I think that's the only team the uh, Commanders could probably beat. So I will take the Cowboys because the yeah. Washington Commanders suck. Broncos go to Vegas, a little division matchup. Both teams eliminated. I'm going to roll with the Raiders. They, you know, they haven't played well, but – They've at least had the same group the last few weeks, and I'll tell you what, the Broncos quarterback situation is confusing to say the least to me, so give me the Raiders. Who is starting, do you know? Oh, it's Stringham. Stringham or whatever. He did a great test. Yeah, give me the Raiders. I agree. Give me the Raiders. The Russell Wilson benching thing is weird to me. Give me the Broncos. I thought thought Stringham or whatever his name is did a good job, and um, I think he'll have a decent day. Eagles go to New York, and I don't care how bad they're playing. Give me the Eagles. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles, even though I really don't want to, but give me the Eagles. Eagles. Seahawks go to Arizona. Division matchup, it's closer than most people will think, but the Seahawks, they don't control their destiny, but they still have their own uh, ability to get in. So give me Seattle. Yeah, give me Seattle. I want to see the rematch between the boys and Seattle after the Bears beat the Packers. Quit bringing up the damn Bears. They fucking suck. Give me the freaking six-game six home win streak. I mean, they're on a roll. Watch out for them next year. Rams go to Niners. Roy, what you got this one? Chicago fan. Roy, what you got this one? Rams and Rams go to the Niners. Um, I'll take the Niners. Yeah, I think you have to pick the best team in football every week. The Niners. I'm going to take the Rams in this one. They have something to play for, and the Niners have locked up the one seed. 
McCaffrey's already been ruled out. I wouldn't be surprised if more of them are out at that point. Give me the Rams. Chiefs go to SoFi to play the Chargers. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Chiefs. The Chargers are – they don't look good. Uh, Chiefs. And then game of the week, winner takes all the division. Dolphins have locked the playoff spot. The Bills could get left out if certain things happen. Bills go to Miami for the division. Bryce, I'll let you kick this one off. What do you got? You know, I'm going to take the Bills in this one. Uh, I've been saying it. They play to their skill level. They're going to come out hot, and they're going to be putting on points on the Dolphins. I'm Roy? taking the Bills. They have to win. I mean, they know they, they'll get in the playoffs. They they want it. I think Miami doesn't. I think Miami's not been playing that well. Um, so I'm going to take the Bills. Roy, we lost you. Can you not hear me? Well, yeah. you're, you're back. You just cut out. That's fine. I, I am also going to go with the Bills because the Dolphins have lost both their star pass rushers for the season <laughs> with injuries. <sighs> so I will take the Bills as well. Right. So I think that's going to do it for our picks. Now we're going to go off and do some playoff scenarios. So we kind of went over a few of them when we were talking. Roy, is there any playoff scenarios that you want to talk about first? Well, I think the most intriguing one is the, in my opinion, is the is probably the uh, Tennessee, Houston, Jacksonville. Okay. Because um, Jacksonville, it's weird. Because if Jack, if the Bills lose and Jacksonville lose, then I think the Bills, then the Jacksonville gets in. It's something like okay, that. Okay. So say say the one that you want to talk about the most. You said that division. What are the the teams? Jacksonville. Jackson. Okay. Jacksonville. Indianapolis. Jacksonville wins the AFC South with a win, plain and simple. They win the ballgame. They win the division. Or if they tie and Indian Houston tie, very unlikely. So we're going to skip that. So Jacksonville yeah. wins. They win the division. They would also, or if even if they lose, they would also clinch a playoff berth if they tie and Pittsburgh loses or ties. Or... Houston and Indy does not end in a tie. Denver loses or ties, and Pittsburgh loses all three of those things. So, kind of, kind of messy with some ties in there. But I think the most, the most um, possible situation if Jacksonville was to lose the game would be Pittsburgh loss, Denver loss, and then as long as Houston and Indy don't end in a tie, then they still get in. So it's possible the rest are real neat ties and probably don't want to touch. So if Jacksonville loses, the winner of the Colts and the Houston game wins the division. So that game mm -hmm. would be for the division. Yeah. And then Indy clinches it with a win and Jacksonville loss. And then the other ones with ties. And Indy wins it with a win and a Jacksonville loss. So also to note, Indianapolis will clinch a playoff berth with a uh, win, or if they tie and Pittsburgh loses. So it's real messy over here with ties. Yeah, which is but, rare that a tie happens. But Exactly. Uh, I just think that, I mean, if you got the, – the best part is Pittsburgh plays in, like, the Saturday game. So if they win, so that puts a lot of pressure on, you know, the Colts, the Jacksonville, yeah. and, all the, well, and everybody else to win. The Colts and Houston, they have to go into the game. They play on Saturday. Jacksonville doesn't play till Sunday. So Jack or Houston and Indy, they got to go in saying this is for the division. 
because yeah. they won't know if Jacksonville's won or not. Um, for Houston to make the playoffs, if Houston wins their game against Indy, I did not say this the first time, I'm sorry. If Houston wins, no matter what Jacksonville does, they will get in. The Colts are also in that situation. So yeah. the winner of that game will make the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. I did miss that. And then after that, all of them have to do with ties. So the, that game is for a playoff spot. And then if Jacksonville loses on Sunday, it ended up being for a division. So, and a home playoff game. Um, so the other Buffalo one. Loses, so, if Buffalo loses, they're no matter what, they're out? Buffalo, no, Buffalo looks like they're going to get in, but there is a world where they don't. Buffalo clinches a playoff berth with a win. They would win the division. With a loss, Pittsburgh has to lose. If Pittsburgh loses, they're in. If Jacksonville loses, Buffalo's in. Or if Houston and Indy tie, they're in. Any of those. It does not all those together. So if Pittsburgh or Jacksonville lose, Buffalo is in, no matter what the outcome is. And okay. Miami is already in. So they yeah, don't have to worry Miami's about already in. Um, and then I'll, I could go over the Pittsburgh one, but Pittsburgh needs help. They need they need to win and a couple other teams to lose. So that one is messy. So where do you guys see it happening? Who's in, who's out, and where's it at? Um, I think we, we all agreed that we thought Jacksonville was going to beat Tennessee. Yeah. So I think Tennessee or, – or, excuse me, Jacksonville wins the division. I think we all agreed on Buffalo winning. Yeah. So we all think Buffalo is going to win the division and get in, and Miami's already in. So it really just comes down to that um, Houston and yeah, – I said Houston. Yeah, so I think we're just a little tossed up there. but Because then on the AFC side, you would have um, Baltimore at the one. Yes. I that believe could... Buffalo at the two. If they win, Buffalo becomes the two seed, I believe. Or unless Kansas City wins. Yeah, yeah. that one could. But – Two and three, Buffalo and Chiefs, Chiefs or Miami yeah. Chiefs. You know, even if we're wrong, but yeah, that's two and three. Um, four, four would be the Miami. No, Jacksonville. Well, they the South. You're right. They be the South. And then we all agree that um, Cleveland's the five. Correct. We all and think Miami will be a, a wild card due to the Buffalo loss in our eyes. And then the so last Miami's team six. is. The Colts or the Houston winner, whoever gets yeah. in. So I think the only thing we really have up for big debate between us is who gets in over Houston and um, the Colts on the AFC side. Yeah. Who gets in? If well, if the Colts, well, that winner of that, either one of those games, they win, right? They're in if they win. Yeah, that, that, that's what we're saying. So we have Baltimore in. We both have Buffalo and Miami in. So that's three teams. Chiefs are in. Um, Cleveland. Jacksonville is in. Cleveland is in. Um, winner of the Colts game and Houston. That's seven. That's your seven teams. We just – we had – like he said, Houston, correct? And yeah. me and you picked Indy. Uh, yeah. Roy. So, I mean, uh, with Indy being home, I think they got it. So, I think that's the one – that will be the uh, playoff scenario you're going to see. Yeah, and then we can jump over to the NFC side because I think the NFC side has a little bit more um, 
confusion uh, because there's multiple teams that can get in and out versus just seedings almost. Um, start very simple. Dallas goes to the two seed if they win. And then that locks in Philly at the five because they would have the best wild card record. If Dallas loses, you assume Philly wins anyway, then Philly would go up to the three seed and Detroit would go up to two. But I think we're all in agreement that Dallas is going to be Washington. Yeah. So then you're going to have the top four seeds pretty much locked in. Well, um, not the, not that four, the four seed will not because it's Tampa, it's Tampa's or the Saints. Yeah, but Tampa plays Carolina. True. Tampa has to lose. I think we're all in maybe, agreement. Maybe yeah. Fire Fire Crotch will uh, get a big they, a you big never know. He's throwing a touchdown to Adam Thielen. I think we, we can all agree that we pretty much see it as 49ers, Dallas, Detroit, Tampa, Tampa. top four. And then at five, it's going to be Philly. And then six and seven is where it becomes tricky in the NFC. Well, six is already the Rams. The Rams are in, according to this. The Rams thing. have locked a spot. I don't. I think they can still finish at seven, but the Rams are in. You're correct. And then seven will be the Seahawks. Seahawks be the or Green Bay, Green Bay. Green Bay gets in with a win. They get in with a. I don't. I don't want to talk about ties because I think we're all in agreement. We're not going to assume a tie happens. No. So they're in with a Seattle loss, I see. Or uh, correct, yeah, a Seattle loss and a Minnesota loss. They also get in. Where is? Oh, right here. Uh, yeah, Green Bay wins, or Green Bay tie and Seattle lose. They also get in. And then on Seattle, they need a loss. Seattle clinches a berth with a win and a Green Bay loss. So, Tampa Bay gets in with a win, very simple. And the Saints get in with a win and a Tampa Bay loss. Yep, pretty simple. It's a Tampa Bay, most likely. Tampa Bay is most likely going to get in. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, so, I'll ask you this, Roy. Who do you think gets in on the NFC side? I, we all agree, Dallas, uh, Detroit, 49ers, Bucks, because we all assume the Bucks are going to win. Yeah. Uh, Rams, Eagles. Eagles. Who do you have as the last one? The Packers. They're playing the pitiful yeah. Bears. I mean, it'll be easy. Yeah. I, I'm also. I also agree that the Packers are going to win that game and get in. Bryce, so you think? I think Seattle is going to get in. Okay, and that would make Seattle the seven seed. Yes. If the well, they're Rams only seven seed if, if the if the Packers lose. Yes. Well, yeah, that's how Seattle gets in. So we assume in that scenario, the Packers did lose. But they would – I want to say that – I don't know if that makes Green Bay – because if the Rams lose this week, I know they own the tiebreaker over Seattle because they've played them twice and beat them twice. I don't know about the Packers. I don't think the Packers can get in, in unless they're the seventh seed, though. Yeah. So – the seventh seed will be Seattle or Green Bay. Maybe, maybe the Rams have locked up the sixth seed. Maybe I am wrong on that. They're nine and seven. Uh, I mean, they got they got the clinch. So I don't even they... see the Rams on here. It just it says clinch playoff berth. It doesn't say seedings, but I can. I can tell you. I would say that they, if they went, I mean, if we all think the Bucks win, Cowboys win, Eagles win, Lions win, doesn't matter. If the Rams lose to the Niners, 
Seattle win, and in this case, Green Bay does not win. Where are they at? They're up there. They are the sixth seed. If Green Bay wins, oh, so it isn't is it is not locked in. If Green Bay wins and the Rams lose to the Niners, the Rams drop to the seventh seed and Green Bay drop moves up to the sixth seed. Now, if the Rams win against the Niners, they are the sixth seed and Green Bay is the seventh seed. So they do have a little bit to play for. So. That I think that's all we got for this. Don't you guys think? Yeah. So, that so that's going to yeah. do it for our uh, picks, the scenarios, what we think. Um, and again, after this, we'll know the seedings for sure. Next week, we'll be able to totally roadmap, you know, based off seeding numbers, how the playoffs go. Um, just a lot of, a lot of weird stuff going into this week. Um, but I think that will take us to our college football segment of this episode where we did, we had our last bowl games and we had the semifinals as well. First thing I want to talk about before we get to you, Roy, we did have our bowl game predictions and yes, there is still one more bowl game, but the decision has been made. Bryce did win our bowl game going into the championship, which we're not even going to do. Uh, Bryce finished 26 and 16 Roy is in third, second, excuse me, three games back. He missed it by three, 23 and 19. And I finished 20 and 22. So me and Roy are going to have to take a cold plunge and post it on TikTok. Yeah. Can't wait. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to win the NFL one. So you guys can have this one. Um, but we'll go into, we'll take, well, first let's talk about the second game, Roy. I know you're ready to go. Just say, oh, it. anything, anything. We're, we're going to rock with the second one first. Okay. Um, Texas and Washington down in New Orleans. Was it the Sugar Bowl, correct? Yep, the Sugar Bowl. Texas falls to Washington 37-31. Roy, I know you watched this game. I'll let you talk about what your takeaway were first. Um, I thought both teams played battled really well. I was actually I was actually surprised how good Texas did against Washington. They got out of them early. I mean, they got up and Washington, but um, they're right in the second half, I th- about third quarter. I really thought Washington was going to run away with it. They got up 10 yep. points. I thought it was over. I thought Washington's just going to run away with it. They were looking a lot better. Texas kind of stalled there in the third quarter. Wasn't looking that good, but man, they battled back and Ewers was a lot better of a quarterback than I thought. He, give a, give, he gave him a chance and they had yep. a chance to win it. I mean, that, that, the, uh, Texas actually defense showed up. I didn't think either one of their teams was a very good defensive team. Um, I was really, but uh, didn't they both made mistakes? They both got cute with stuff. Like yeah. that's what drove me nuts about um, Washington. I've, the few games I've, I haven't seen much Texas, but I've watched a lot of Washington. They get cute sometimes. You got the best quarterback in the country, in my opinion, Michael Penix Jr. I think he's. I think he was the Heisman Trophy winner. I just think he was that good. Um, but they get cute with other little gimmick plays. Uh, they overthink things when they get into these tie situations. But uh, Washington, good for them. You know, the, the new Big Ten team is coming in. Yep. That's going to be an all Big Ten team uh, final now. Um, but hey, Texas, give hands off to Texas. They were a lot better than I thought they would be. Bryce, what did you take away from this game? Yeah, I just thought that Washington's offense impressed me a lot. I thought Texas defenses were going to be able to play a little better, you know. They're, they're not an SEC team, but they're kind of in that area. So 
I thought that their defense was going to overpower Washington, but their offense just looked a lot better to me than what I thought they were going to be. And that putting up 37 points on them, I mean, that's that's pretty solid. And they're, I think that they're looking good going into the Natty here soon. Yeah, um, I was I was honestly disappointed in Texas defense, kind of like Bryce said. I've watched Texas a few times, and they've really had a good front seven. You know, their secondary was whatever. And, you know, playing Washington, that was going to be their strength, was trying to cover them. But uh, Texas front seven, they didn't – I mean, they still gave up, what, 37 points? I mean, you shouldn't win a football game if you give up 37 anyway. Um, but with that being said – that should just show you how good Michael Penix played. I mean, I've watched Michael Penix a little bit this year, but he played out of his mind. And I'll tell you what, that receiver, I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna say his name correct, but it's like Oduza or something like that. Yeah, I don't he, he is he is he's a legit clone. Yeah, he he is a clone of what I thought CD Lamb was coming out of college. Now, will he have that career? I'm not saying that, but he looks yeah. a lot like him. He can you can line him up anywhere, outside and inside, and he can win. He is definitely a top ten pick in the NFL draft, in my opinion. I saw people saying oh, yeah. him over MHJ. Yeah, he he was legit, and it wasn't just him and Penix. You know that whole offense. You know they're creating separation. They were moving the ball all night long for the most part, other than when they shot themselves in the foot. Um, and yeah, when you guys, it, it really, when you guys, hold on. When you talk about Texas defense, though, you're talking about the Big Twelve defense. Big Twelve defenses defenses have never been good. They're yeah. known to give up points, so. If but you guys, were, if you guys are looking to try to get him, uh, try to be a a good defense, that I was not looking for that as a good. But this Texas front seven was a little different than most Big Twelve. They had some big, big boys, oh, and I didn't think what I didn't think Washington was going to be able to run the football at all. I thought it would be a strictly pass game, and I thought if you got them to only strictly pass and be one dimensional, that would help cover because you're not worrying about the run. They ran the ball just fine. I mean, they didn't yeah. run the ball a whole lot, but they ran just fine. It's their gimmick. It's their scheme. Their yeah. scheme. Big Twelve schemes are just they're they're uh, they everybody passes. Everybody throws the ball. They don't run them all the ball that much in um in uh, the Big Twelve. And I yeah. Texas has has a big. Uh, they do have big guys. They're just not schemed right. And that they'll have to change that when they go into the SEC next year. Yeah, but it was it was a great game to watch. It, the end great. shouldn't it shouldn't even have got that close. An unfortunate injury that stopped the clock. I mean, man, if you would, if, if it would have just turned from that and Texas would have scored, I mean, you just got to feel sick for Washington. But yeah. I, I, I wanted Texas to win this game, but that whole last drive, I said, "Oh my God, do not score!" That would that would have just been terrible. Yeah. But good for Washington; they played really well. And yeah, Texas—they're going to have a rude awakening going in that SEC next year with a gauntlet of a schedule they're going to have. Yep. All right, I think that's going to roll us into the Bama-Michigan game. Bama goes into Mich- goes into Pasadena at the Rose Bowl and loses 20-27 in overtime. I'm going to let oh, Bryce yeah. go first on this one. I'll, Roy, I'll oh, save you, you for last. All you want. Yeah, I'll let you go last because you'll be able to give the full. To me, this was a really, like, tug-of-war style game, which I kind of thought it might have been with two, like, amazing coaches going head-to-head. It seemed like one would pull and it looked like they were starting to take a lead and then the other would score, and then they would start to take the lead, and momentum just kept shifting and shifting and shifting. I think that Michigan got lucky that the first play wasn't a turnover because I think that would have set the tone for the entire game, but it wasn't in Michigan's favor. And then I think that Michigan had a few key turnovers that if they would have not had, like the muff fumble or a muff punt, then Michigan probably would have rolled Alabama. But Alabama was – 
capitalizing on turnovers. I mean, they had Nick Saban, their head coach. Like, they couldn't pass the ball. All they did was run the quarterback all game. But it definitely looked like Michigan was the better team, in my opinion, even though Alabama had a great shot to win. Uh, congrats to Michigan, I guess, for winning. But Yeah. First thing I took away from this game, just being a football fan, this was just a great game to watch. Start to finish, the emotions, it was awesome. Um I, yeah, like Bryce said, I think Michigan survived the mistakes. I think their defense bailed them out a few times. Um, I know they scored on the first uh, – the punt uh, fumble in the first quarter, but they survived the mistakes. They didn't let all the mistakes, you know, pile up and cause any more problems. They didn't get away from the run game because of them, which was nice, even when they started to slip with the lead a little bit. Um, one thing that I really thought helped Michigan, especially late when they need that fourth quarter drive at two minutes, is the experience. They've had that same group there the last two years or so. I think it really helped them to not, you know, be nervous because McCarthy's done it. He's already had to do it before with Michigan against Illinois. was one of them. We're not going to talk about that. But um, just the experience that group has. Alabama didn't have that experience. They have a new quarterback. They have a lot of new receivers out there, which they train. They do that every year, so I'm not going to put a lot of stock. But experience helps, and he wasn't nervous going into that game. But with all that being said, this was Jalen Milrow's first season at a quarterback, and it's been mixed. He had no offensive line this entire yeah. season. Still didn't have one in this game, other than maybe a quarter. But I'll tell you what, when you get that ball in that guy's hands, he's electric. I mean, he was faster than everyone on that football field. And when he gets an offensive line and gets time, I think he's going to grow into be a really good quarterback, at least at the college level. Um, but congrats to Michigan. Um Running the ball, I'll tell you what, running the ball, I don't care if it's college or football. You can run the football, it's going to help you win games. Michigan ran two plays, took uh, an eight-yard run and a 18-yard run for a touchdown in OT, and then they just got to stop late. But running the football can help. Um, but I'll hand it off to Roy and let his uh, bias feelings come out. No, bias feelings. I'll give you the honest fucking truth right here. Uh, Michigan got in their own fucking way is the problem the whole game. Yeah. They did not run the ball like they should have. They turned up their special teams was actually shit. I could not believe it. Haven't had a uh, haven't had a uh, special team problem all year, and then you wait for this game to have a bad one. Um, I agree. If it was if that first play is an interception, it's a different ball game. But we overcame it. Um, a lot of di- I, I really felt that uh, Nick Saban had a very I agree a very inexperienced team that that uh, Michigan took exploited heavily. I mean, they missed direction. They did everything they could. Michigan's coaching staff is amazing. I, I met, mentor uh, more even with with Har- as their assistant. They are just amazing. They 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 think about it th- what they need to do and they execute. They're just Michigan's good at executing what they need to do. The problem I had with Michigan that was they got too cute, just like Washington, and start throwing these little flea flickers trying yep. to do these things. Just run the damn ball. I mean, Michigan has been great running the damn ball all year. And I felt like that offense, that defensive line of Alabama could not stop them. And we just never gave a chance to do it. We were running the ball there for this in the second quarter doing play action passes and we scored. And then we missed a damn extra point just because that's it's just what's going on with Michigan that game. But uh give a hands uh, uh hats off to Jim Harbaugh, the greatest college court uh, college coach ever, the god. Um as a Wolverine fan. Let me tell you, I was never more nervous than I was last night. Um, drinking plenty of whiskey to kind of calm the nerves. So, um, but hey, I, 
Yeah, I agree. Alabama is going to be good next year. I think Milrow is really good. I don't think he can pass the ball still. So maybe another year of trying to learn how to no. pass the ball. They did not have a line. Our, our Michigan's front seven, front eight, or I mean, it's just amazing. A pass, a rush, rush in the pass. Um, our linebackers still got to come and, and, and make some plays on the run, which I was a little disappointed. In. But hey, give it up to the Wolverines. We've, yeah, this is our third year there. Had to, we had the experience and we yeah. fucking finally did it. Go blue. Yeah. Good for, I mean, good yeah. for them. Uh, I don't know if, I don't think I told you this, but he, how are you saying he was really stressed out? Uh, his sister-in-law actually came to the house and was recording him pacing his living room through the window, just oh, no. walking back and forth, slamming and stomping yeah. his feet. I, I, trust, I mean, looking trust me. like a big toddler in there. Trust me. Hey, it's called, it's called living it's called with your hard. team. Live exactly. and die I, I with can, your team. I completely agree with you, Roy. I understand. I understand. Um, one thing. And it doesn't have to do with any of the teams, but just in general. Can we please just agree? Damn, that committee got it right. Holy cow. No. Florida State loses. I understand they didn't have half their players. They lost by 60. I, like, I don't want to hear that Georgia should have got in because, like, whatever. Georgia should have been in. I went Georgia is a top four team in the country, but I understood based off the resume that they didn't play anyone really until Alabama outside of the SEC schedule. But – I wouldn't take anything away. Those two games were great. I'm glad the matchups were fine. I was great. And for the hey. people saying Alabama shouldn't have got in, if Michigan's as good as they are and they're the number one team in the country and Bama with no offense line took them to overtime, they deserve no. to be in. So no, I, the, the, these four teams played great. The, get, yeah. I mean, the committee got lucky that this this was two really good games. I mean, yeah. and uh, hey, as much as I don't like Kurt, hit her, um, her, whatever his name Kurt is, Kurt, He's for him to say the Rose Bowl should hold the national championship every year. He's damn right. The Rose Bowl is amazing. It is an awesome yep. place to watch a game, and I think that's that's where they should hold the national championship every fucking year. I um, agree. It, it seems like every time you have a playoff game there or a championship game. I mean, Texas and um, uh, USC back in the day. I mean, th there's a great game there, and it's just the atmosphere and everything. Leave it there. That's awesome. I agree. You and your editing folks out. All right, that's going to take us to the national title game. Michigan's going to face Washington in Houston, I believe, NRG Stadium where the Texans play. I believe that's where it's uh, at. Yep, that's exactly where it's in our NRG Stadium. Yep. I guess that's where Texans play. Yep, that's where the Texans play. All right, Bryce, give me your thoughts. What do you What do you think? What are you looking for? What I'm you thinking think? Washington in this. I think that I don't think Michigan's defense can handle that offense, and I don't think Michigan's offense is all that great compared. I don't think that they're going to be able to put up enough points up, and Washington's just going to outscore them. All right. I'll, I'll go next. I'll go next because I know Roy is going to want to talk more. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued to watch Washington's offense play Michigan's defense. Um, I There's no way I'm picking against Michigan in this one, even though I do think Michael Penix is a better quarterback due to systems, but I don't know if Washington's going to be able to stop Michigan's run game the entire night. That's really the thing that exactly. stands out for me. And – Washington just – I know they're good, but they don't have the experience like Michigan does here, especially the, that two-minute drive in the Rose Bowl, down seven. Had to have it. I'm, I'm going to have to take Michigan in this one. Oh, easily. I think Michigan – that Washington can't stop the Michigan's running attack. And if you want to look back, Michigan has so much tape on Michael Penix Jr. They, so, you got to remember, Michael Penix Jr. has played in Indiana for four years. 
Michigan yeah. saw him for four different years. Saw him every year, and I they know exactly what he can do. And back then, he used to run a lot, and then now he just throws the ball. So you can get pressure on him as long as we keep in our gaps. So we can get pressure on him. I I think Michigan's defense we can stop him and will stop him. I just think Washington's defense can. Their defense is not that good. It's been not very good, and their run defense has been actually pitiful for most of the year. Um, so I think I I don't have any doubt. Michigan will win by two touchdowns. National champions right here, baby. Next week, you guys will be. I mean, you might as well just put, have Michigan stuff draped all over the place. It's going to be a Wolverine mm-hmm. massacre. Wiggo blue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's only been, what, 100 years? So We won in 97. Oh, well, close enough. 100 years. All right, I think that's going to take us to our MLB section, which we don't have a lot to talk about, just a few. Actually, a little bit more uh, news went down than I thought we were going to have during the dead week because this is the dead week of baseball. is Christmas to New Year's. Um, really, it really has to do with the Boston Red Sox. Um, Lucas Giolito signs a two-year, $38 million deal with the Red Sox, and then we'll tag along with it. Chris Sale traded to the Braves for Vaughn Grisham, prospect shortstop, and $18 million from the Red Sox also go to the Braves to pay for most of the contract. Bryce, what are your takeaways from this trade? I know you don't know a whole lot about Chris Sale as much as me and Roy, but you still know who Chris Sale is. I do know who Chris Sale is because he's one of my favorite pitchers in the show. Uh I mean, the Braves are just stacking, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. I mean, we saw them not win a single playoff game last year yeah. after being the best team in the league all year long. Maybe adding another pitcher like Chris Sale into the mix keeps, like, adds to them to where they're not giving up points and stuff, and they can outscore like they like to. Um, I, I, I like the Braves personally. I like their culture that they have there and the, the young talent that they have. So, to me, I want to see the Braves do good, um, just not at the expense of the Cubs. Roy, what do you get got from this trade? Well, I mean, it's a it's a high high risk, um, high reward. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Because yeah. uh, Sale's been injured, I think, for the last five years. We haven't seen much out of him. He's had or he's had injuries after after injury, all different kinds. Um, yeah. He's not the pitcher he used to be. I mean, he was dominant when he was a White Sox and everything. He used to be amazing. He's just not yeah. that anymore. If you can get if you can get him to pitch some innings for you and and uh, just have get him just eat up innings because I don't think he's that high strikeout guy anymore. At least the last few years he has not been. Um, if you can just get, at least get twenty starts at him, I think you've got you've got a good a pitcher that will at least try to keep. He's a competitor, so I think he'll try to keep you in the game. Yeah. But uh, I mean, they didn't really. I mean, the Braves didn't. I mean, he gave up a prospect. That's great. Um, you just gave a back end guy that's going to hopefully get eat some innings for you. That's about it. Yeah. Um, what about the signing for Lucas Giolito? Two years, thirty eight. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a good sign. I mean, he's. I think he's a good young pitcher. I think he's got the stuff. I mean, he's not overpowering like some of these other guys. That's why the Yankees will never go for him because he doesn't overpower you with a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, the Red Sox they need pitching. This is somebody they can put, jump in there. So. Um, it's it'll help the Red Sox, but I mean, I don't know how, if that's going to make them any better than what they were last year. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the the signing for Giolito, two years, thirty eight. It's two years. I don't care how much you pay someone guy. It's two years, and you're really yeah. not competitive right now yeah. in that division. So I don't really mind the deal. I who knows? He could be really good for you, or he could just be really bad. Who cares? It's two years. The sale trade. I was confused by the sale trade. I actually think the Red Sox got a good deal out of this. Chris Sale is, like you said, he's not pitched. He's been injured almost every year um, for the last, like, three or four. 
And Vaughn Grissom, that's who the Braves, that's why they let Dansby Swanson walk. He was going to be the guy last year. And he struggled the first two months. And then they let Orlando Arcia take over. And he had a career year. Yeah. So I, and at that point, they, they said, we don't have any spot or any room for you, Vaughn. But to get Chris Sale, I mean, I guess I get it from the Braves' perspective. You're really going for it now at this point. But they're not like going all in by any means. They still have their core locked up. And they don't have anywhere for Vaughn Grissom. But I think Boston did fine. I mean, Chris Sale isn't doing anything for you anyway. And now you get a good shortstop prospect who has looked to be the heir apparent to Danzy Swanson in Atlanta. Yeah. So I like the deal for the Red Sox, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say. Um, and then the other deal, which we'll move on to, Frankie Montez, who the Yankees traded for, signs a one-year, I think it was like $18 million, $15 million. It was something in that range to go to the Reds. Roy, you have anything to say before I explode here? Because I'm going to explode here in a second. Um, No, I have nothing. I mean, this this sounds like something the Reds would do, take somebody the Yankees had and just let them play on their, uh, be on their roster. Um, Montez was a – I thought when he was at Oakland A, he was great, but we know the Yankees never got to see what that was. So uh, it's just a typical Yankee deal. You trade for somebody, he gets hurt. You, or you trade for somebody who's hurt, he gets hurt, and then you never wow. see him, and then they let him go. It's a it's a Cashman trade, a Cashman deal. I'm used to it by now. So, what is there to say about it, Bryce? What do you want? What do yeah, you want? I mean, he probably just signs a one year to try and like regrow his yep. brand, kind of like what Cody Bellinger did with the yep. Cubs this year. I think the Reds are probably the best place to do it right now. I mean, they have a young team who's looking like yeah. they're going to be a future team. Maybe he resigns next year if they kind of start looking like a team for the future, but yeah, I'll, I'll let you explode on him. Yeah, the Reds, going to the Reds on one year, I think it's great. That was a young team that was prized to make the playoffs. They kind of slowed down there at the end, but I mean, this is no risk, high reward. He could go out there and throw you a Cy Young. I mean, he was a Cy Young candidate for Oakland for two years straight. We saw Frankie Montez pitch for the Yankees for 18 innings. We gave up our best pitching prospect that I'd seen in a long time before the last year or so. Now they've had better ones. And Ken Waldachuk, I mean, 18 innings, and you traded your best pitching prospect, and then you don't even resign him on a one-year deal. Well, I don't know. I, I was surprised to see that he got so much, but, I mean, it's a one-year deal. Who cares? Right now the Yankees don't have a fifth start at all. They don't have one. I mean, you're talking double-A pitchers at this point. Um, and they're big fish out there still. I'm not saying they're out, but – I don't know. This was always their blanket to me at the back end of the rotation because he didn't pitch last year at all, except for one inning. He pitched one inning last year, last game of the season, and just to let him walk and, I don't know, just fuck Brian Cashman outside of the Juan Soto trade. That's all I got to say. Well, fuck him. He's Cashman's just a joke. I mean, he doesn't know what he's doing. He just he needs to fucking do something else. All right, and that's going to take us to our picks um, that we had. Again, we're not going to add any. We're going to we can change any if you guys would like. Roy, is there anything you want to change that you've seen, or you still locked in with your guys? I'm going to change Bellinger to the Cubs. Okay, yeah. So you had him going to the Yankees, Roy. You don't think the Yankees get him anymore, or do you think I the Cubs are? I, I honestly think the Yankees are done. I don't think I think they're going to try okay. to wait till the middle of the season and try to do these cheap deals like they always do. And I think it's a uh, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do anything. It's, and um, I think the Bellinger market is down now. I don't think anybody wants to give him anything. And yeah. so I think he's willing to go to the Cubs for a cheaper deal. Okay, bring the belly bomb back to Wrigley. That's what I want to see. 
there, it won't help the Cubs any, any. They'll still suck. So what's the matter? Is there any other things that you want to change, Roy? You have Snell to the Giants, Bellinger to the Cubs, Monty to excuse me, Monty to Texas, Chapman to the Blue Jays, Hader to the Dodgers, Solaire to the Blue Jays, and Marcus Stroman to the Giants. Nope, I'll leave everything else. Bryce, you can see my screen, so I don't have to tell you. Yeah, I don't think I want to change anything. Don't want to change anything. I am going to trade one, and it's and I was right on, just not the right player. Um, Braves go out and get Chris Sale, lefty starter. I had them going to get Blake Snell. I think the Braves are probably out on Snell, but I'm going to change mine and agree with you, Roy. I think he's going to be a San Francisco Giant now. Um, I think they're starting to miss on a few of their guys that they've been looking for, and I think the Giants are tired of waiting to spend their big money. I also could see Cody Bellinger going to the Giants as well, but they signed that guy from Japan. So I think maybe if they're going to spend the big money, they might go in the Snell direction. But um, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be a Giant. I, I, I would trade that, that Monty will go to Yankees, but I just don't know if that's – I don't think he wants to come there. And I think yeah. that's – I think the Yankees are down to him, and that's it. And I don't think he has – he's pissed that they traded him. And I think he's willing to take a deal anywhere else besides the Yankees. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one for me, but I know I think the Yankees are still going to add a pitcher. I just don't know who. So I'm going to roll with Monty for now. But I really want the Yankees sign Josh Hader. I really, really do. Hey, that but, you know that's what everybody's saying right now is he, the haters coming, and I I I still don't think that's going to happen. I, I still I don't know if I really bought much belief into it, but that can change. I think that's going to take us to our miscellaneous segment where we don't really have anything this week because it was a week of family and holidays. So I think we're just going to roll into Josh's advice, Bryce's facts, and Roy's old man wisdom. And, Roy, I'm going to hit you with one right here. Now, I know I picked Michigan to win, but do not let – my advice is Michigan, do not let Michael Penix get hot and do not let them get up early because Michael Penix will let that thing fly. And I also think Washington – knows they're the underdog in this game. They got nothing to lose. They're not supposed to win this game. So I think they're going to, you know, pull out, like you said, Roy, some of them trick plays and get fancy. Just don't let Michael Penix cook. But I don't think he will, but that's my advice. All right, Bryce Facts for the week. Um, the first one I have is something I didn't know. Uh, it's that NFL refs also receive a Super Bowl ring for refing the game. So I thought that was kind of neat. I, I knew that one. Uh the second thing, I did know this because it was this past World Cup, the one that was held in Qatar, it was held in the city Lusail, and that city did not exist until they were picked to host the World Cup. They literally built an entire city, not just the stadium, for the World Cup. And it was really weird because I was there while they were building it, and it was this entire massive city that you would see that's brand new, and nobody's in it because it wasn't like naturally built. It was just buildings yeah. just put there and hoping people would come. So that was it's like the world's biggest super project ever. And then the last thing I'm I'm hoping you guys probably know this is Yankees fans is Babe Ruth wore a cabbage leaf under his cap for good luck and to keep cool. And he reportedly changed it every two innings. I didn't know that. I did hear that some uh, somewhere. All right, these fans. I would hope you guys yep. knew that, but do that. So, all right. To me, mine's a personal old man advice: be a victor. Those who are champion, or those who stay, will be champions. Go blue. That's all you need to know. Jesus. Oh Jesus. All right. Just enjoy the national championship and the Wolverines being there, man. 
All right. Well, we're going to know who's the national champion because you know, national champions on Monday, not Saturday or anything. And then we'll kick off next week. Hopefully some MLB deals start going down. We're start, I mean, this is usually about the time where things start to pick up. Some of those bigger fish are off the market, so hopefully we can start getting some action. Um, NFL will really be able to dive deep next week, starting with the playoffs, matchups and stuff. So next week should be a good episode. Yeah. So thanks for watching. Yeah. Um, subscribe, hit the like button, comment. Look at our TikToks. We got some nice TikTok videos coming out. So that's all we got. Yep. All right. Peace. Thank you. Peace. All right.